Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Wonder Woman five minutes by five minutes. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And today we're talking about minutes 131 to 135 of Wonder Woman. And the minutes are going to start with the ending of the speech that we didn't talk about yesterday, but we're going to be talking about today. And then the minutes are going to end with the beginning of the, uh, you know, those credits, they do like the cool special credits now at the end of the movie. And you're like, wow, that's not normal, but it's kind of cool. And I'm going to stay here and watch it. And then when it turns to black and then it's like the actual credits that are like, you know, boring credits. And then you're like, okay, now I'm going to leave because there was no, uh, star screen mid credit scene. So, uh, I'm not going to stay here any longer. You know what I mean? Is there Starscream mid-credit scenes? Yeah, you know, when they're playing uh, What I've Done. You know that Linkin Park song? I know and the Linkin Park song. And then it's like Optimus Prime is like, uh, he says something, it's like some speech. And then it's yeah. like, and then it's credits, and then you got Starscream. He's like transforming. Yeah. and goes into space, and you're like, whoa. Oh, yeah. It was like still like, it was... That was a weird thing because like it didn't stop the credits like the the music still continued, it showed uh it showed our it showed our beloved Shia or whatever. I don't uh, even think getting it, getting it in on top of that uh on top of that one robot car. I don't even think they explained where Starscream went. Um, yeah, let's think about that. No, I'm good. I'm sure everyone he had to have gone to the moon. Yeah, you'd think so, right? But he That's didn't. That's it. He he would have just had to have gone to the moon. Yeah, apparently. Luna, sorry. It's Luna. Not one no, moon. I mean I on. I love calling the moon Luna. I think we have to. I think we are we are so behind just being like, yeah, the moon. The moon this, the moon that. Yeah. Come on. But, but we'll say, we? we'll say Phobos. We'll say yeah, U- right? Europa. We'll say Titan. And it's like, well, we gave our moon probably the most badass name, Luna. And we don't call her that. We say I, don't know. I think Phobos is pretty cool. Phobos is cool, but we call Phobos it. Phobos is terrifying. Phobos is small. There's something going on there. Mm, Europa is a pretty weird moon. Wait, Europa is a moon, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Just double checking. It's a pretty big. You know moon. what's? Yeah, I really enjoy when um when other is you know in 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 things, movies, books, or whatever. When other species refer to Earth as Terra, that's great. It's Earth. What is Earth? That's the ins- yeah. You're right. Hmm. Yeah. Soul. No. Wait, what? There's a name soul? Uh, so yeah, soul the sun. You know? Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. The solar system. Yeah. Um Yeah, so today we're talking about like this speech that happens at the end. Um that we didn't talk about yesterday. We didn't talk about it yesterday because it um well off mic, some things happened. I had to get off anyway, so you know, a little insider information there. But uh, we decided that we we're going to move this speech to today's episode because this is the only part that's left of the movie before it's the credit scene. So to keep this one a little bit longer of an episode and to make yesterday's episode not so long, uh, we're going to be talking about this speech here. But I also wanted to to ask you, Nate. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, but um, we finished the movie yesterday, kind of except for this little bit right here. Um, and that episode was only about 40 minutes, right? And I was thinking to myself, like, is the movie that kind of like, I know we've been dogging on the third act a little bit, but at the same time, I've been trying to defend it. Is it weird that we talked so little about it? Like, it just kind of came and went that, or, sorry, let, let me be more specific. Is it weird mm-hmm. that the conversation about Aries being defeated was just kind of like it seemed like we breezed through it but it seemed like the movie did that too or am i making that up in my head because that's all i, I thought about i think it's a little bit of both um he, he really said w- it wasn't a, a priority anymore in regards uh, yeah. to like steve trevor wonder woman doing her you know the speech that we're gonna be talking about today it was just kind of like like it's like it goes along with the whole mandated thing about Aries, but it just felt like he had to be there. And then it was like, they just 
we're so excited to just not be talking about him anymore. <laughs> I just needed a monster fight. Yeah, well, I've, I've talked about it yesterday. It's like um, because of <laughs> because that new information that we learned about this third act came out. Inherently, my mind just went to there could have been something else or there was supposed to be something else or whatever. So me breezing over it kind of felt somewhat natural because I don't know. I mean, like I was I, we were talking about Aries for the past two weeks. Uh, we got a we got a good good bit of lightning. Uh, but like the whole uh, killing move, I guess that Diana does. Seems like yeah, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. just like yes, this is a big move for big move's sake. <laughs> um, we were more fixated on the the Zeus thing. We were more fixated on the Zeus thing, yes, but also, <clears throat> how could you not? In re- yeah, in regards to the movie, I want to be more fixated on the Diana and Steve bits, and then again when she looks at his photo and she's tearing up and. And walks off and, and looks up into the sky and it's just like kind of going through that stage of acceptance or whatever she's doing. Like that's that's what I wanted to focus on. Um, and even the day before that, like I wanted to focus on Steve in the in the plane and the nonverbal acting on his face. Like that's what I wanted to do. The yeah. airy stuff, yes, it was. Yeah, it's, it, it, it God fight. Um, Big power, show of power kind of thing. It is a superhero movie. We get that. I know that. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like... Yeah, yeah. It seems like... It, it, it kind of it does beg the question of, like, is he really dead? Like, all right, cool. He disappeared and, like, got lightning through him. Um, And I guess when Zeus did that last time, maybe it didn't go through him, but also he kind of fell to Earth. Uh, unless that crater really did send him to the underworld where it's like, all right, well, now you're here. <laughs> yeah, I think the more I think about it, the more I think about when we had that conversation of falling about, uh, you know, when Ludendorff gets killed, I, I feel like that's the crossroads, right? Right when she kills Ludendorff and it, you go yeah. and we were having that conversation of like, should it turn into this? Should it lead into this Ares big battle thing? And uh, I think I, I, you know, I, I proposed like just not having a real Aries show up. But now I think I've been solidified in my position to be like, they should have had old man Aries show up at the watchtower and just said, you know, like a you done goofed kid and then peaced out and like something like that. Just something like the whole keeping it smaller thing. So fixated on that. Just thinking like maybe they didn't have to do so much with it or tried to do so much with it. Um, but um yeah they the definitely the Steve Trevor stuff and and here uh, what we're going to be talking about here um is just also more important because it's such a more uh like this is uh, a quote like this that Diana is saying at the end of the movie is weirdly the meat and potatoes of the movie whereas you know normally with a superhero movie your third act is the actual action right like the superheroes doing the superheroing stuff but yeah. but this here is superheroing as it needs to be for 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 people who are watching the movie and i feel like that part gets looked over it's the same thing as like saying like yes you could have spider-man fighting green goblin at the end and like that could be like what you came here to see right but then it's it's also like if you're watching uh spider-verse to be like, okay, well, the part that they're having the conversation that anyone can be Spider-Man, that too, just the, just that that monologue, just that that quote at the end that you're just there for, there's nothing going on really, that's important. That's like what you came here to see or what you should be there to see and, and, and to consume. So anyways, let's, let's go over this quote. So we're back at the Louvre in uh, Paris, France. And this quote, I'm not going to read it verbatim, uh, but here's kind of like the the uh what do you call it paraphrasing yeah it's uh i used to want to save the world to end war and bring peace to mankind but then i glimpsed the darkness that lives within their light i learned that inside every one of us there will always be both the choice east uh, excuse me the choice each must make for themselves something no hero will ever defeat 
Uh, Nate, what's your, uh, you catch anything there that might be, uh, important? Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it, more or less, I mean, it kind of feels like, um, <laughs> kind of feels like what Jorel was saying to, to saying to, uh, to Lara, really. It's like, he'll, he'll be something for them to stray. He'll be better than him. He'll be something to strive for. Uh, it's just like going back to this, the thing of like, y- y- what you are is a symbol. Um, you are not just the one person trying to do the good thing. You are doing it for the greater of it all. Yeah. Um, you are you are bigger than than anything that you think you are, um, mm-hmm. and you do need to rise to that challenge, pretty much. Yeah, I think um, something that we discovered when we did Man of Steel Minute was talking about the power of choice, how how important that is, uh, more so than being a a power of hope and being altruistic i think is is the best way to put it like altruistic yeah just being like yeah super super good like protecting that and i and i feel like that's the 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 divide amongst people when it comes to the superheroes is is that character should that character always be trying to save the world to end war bring peace to mankind and always you know thinking about the light that's within people Whereas the superheroes that we have in this DC Cinematic Universe, they're talking about the power of choice. Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, um, in Dawn of Justice, you can see the choices that people make with darkness in them. So you have people like Batman who have made the wrong choice. You have Lex Luthor who's making the wrong choices or or acting uh, with vengeance. So you have these characters who are making the wrong the wrong decisions, right? Um, and then you, in Dawn of Justice, you learn, or Batman learns, he's, he is making the wrong decisions, even though Alfred has been telling him, you're making the wrong decisions here. Um, but Batman says, you know, it's 1% chance I got to take it. And so that's, I think that's, that's what I lean into. I, I think that's great for superheroes. I think that's good storytelling. I think that's, um, fundamentally a good thing right i think this this way of detailing your characters is like oh we have to protect the choices they make we can't just force them to uh to be in a state of peace right and we can't just assume the best in everyone we have to accept that there's both the darkness and the light within each person it's about the choice that they make um, you know, everyone must choose a side, even if it's the wrong side, right? Kind of thing. Um, it's better to it's better to choose a side. I think that's the saying goes. Um, there's a there's a video game that we play that's talking about the same things right now, and I feel like it's uh, I've always believed in that thing. Like, um, and I think it's great that Wonder Woman is the is the you know a character who they write the character that way because I think that again goes back into Wonder Woman being this bimodal superhero who bridges the gap between things and balances it out and it's it to me is like the best of both worlds in the dichotomy of of superman and batman to to be that that bridge between the two things so i feel like this is great i feel like this is a great way, way to write this character um but don't you know um i think uh let me see here. She I have said, a question for you. Oh yeah, go for it. What is like the um I I understand that that all of this and this this uh altercation with Ares and and other things and and all these things kind of form that idea, but mm-hmm. this this thing with Steve and and everything was that like the defining moment for Diana to be like all right, I I just got I gotta keep on keeping on. Like I gotta keep doing this. Um, the, the, and it's hard to say that. Like, was it <laughs> what got it? Was it Steve's ultimate sacrifice, or like, was it was it her seeing the best in him, seeing him make the choice of, look, everybody might be bad, but at least I can do something to change it. Was it is it like that inspiration? Um, or was it something about Aries saying, like, look at the truth of it all? Now it seems like the end here, the big defining moment, 
obviously was Steve Trevor and everything that he showed her about this world of man and where she fits into it or where she could fit into it. And then, like, if you think about that and if you take that and put that on a pedestal and be like, that's the that's the message. Here's here's the movie. (laughs) The fight with Ares just falls so much more flatter. It's like then really that lightning bolt at the end with the T-pose and everything. Like what? It was just cool visually. Awesome. Right? But then again, that's not what you you want. You want your, your character to, to be able to, to be in that rock in a hard place and, and, to, and to see the light of that bad mm-hmm. situation and then move forward and then, and then learn from it. You see Superman strangling the only Kryptonian left, and he snaps his neck to protect everybody else. You see Batman with all this destruction, and, and you can point the finger at this one guy in a red cape, but then you see a giant monster, and only, like, you realize that, oh, snap, I, I, this, I, this isn't what I, I can't do this. There is something else more than me. That's what brings, that's what opens the door, you know? Yeah, and, and, and to, to tack on to the, the Batman thing is, you know, because he made the wrong choice, he already made the wrong choice. Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing he can do to change it. Sure, he helps in the battle, and he, he does what little that he can to uh, help bring down Doomsday. Mm-hmm. But the death of Superman, the fact that he was in that, um, I think it was a hospital. I could not, I believe it was a hospital. I remember getting the information and sending it what to you. What are you talking about? The fight. Um, the fight between Superman and then, and then the fight with Doomsday. It's all connected, right? It's it's all based on his decision to fight Superman, ideal ideologically and actually physically, right? Yeah. He, even though he doesn't kill him at the end of that that fight between him and Superman, he made that choice. The only thing is he he was able to stop himself because Lois Lane intervened, and then he realized he was being a complete ass, so he threw the spear away. But because he made those choices, he has to deal with the death of Superman in Justice League. Um, and so that that is him dealing with those repercussions. And yeah, I, 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 I do think this whole movie is about that, is about seeing the... She always saw the good in people first, true. Mm-hmm. But when it came down to it and she saw the evil that resides in all man, for a moment she hesitated... And feared the power of man. And that happens at the beginning of Act 3 and throughout. Um, uh, Ares, Ares uh, exacerbated that, that fear with, with being honest. So, again, it is like, yes, the, 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 the laser beam at the end, the, the lightning, the T-pose, as we keep saying it. Yes, that is a little too, too, just, you know, too extra. Um, but uh, it wasn't just Ares who did it. Ares just kind of, like I said, he just exacerbated it. He was there at the end to make it a little bit spicy. Yeah. But it was everything Steve Trevor was doing in that movie. From them meeting at Themyscira, him saying, I've been doing nothing all my life. That's a sign of darkness. And it's about time I did something. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a light in the character. You see him both. You see it in, you know, the Wonder Men, Samir, Charlie, Nappy, these, these lives that they live that have that, that tinge of darkness in it and the way that they carry themselves in the beginning of the movie as just these flawed men. But then after the battle for Veld, they turn into these wholesome characters and they can reveal their, um, what do they reveal? They reveal like just being these nice people, right? Like the Noppy doesn't want anything from the villagers. Charlie just wants to be romantic in, in the sense of, of singing and being merry and, and Samir just wanted to be an actor, right? Like you just see the good in them, even though they, they, they stepped in with kind of like these, um, more darker tones. Yeah. And, uh, and then of course at the end with the third act with Steve Trevor, everything that he does in that third act 
is showing that both men are to blame for things, but they can change things and he can save the world. If you, if you know, he has that choice to get on that plane. Um, so it, it is like one of those things where it's like the, the more you think about the movie, the, the less Aries becomes. And maybe that's the point. Maybe, maybe that's how she defeats Aries. She just goes, okay, this guy's actually lesser than I thought. So, yeah. uh, get on out of here. Don't believe him. He loses his power. Absolutely. Um, so what what is the um and it, it's weird she says the choice each must make for themselves something no hero will ever defeat. She says no hero will ever defeat. Um it's not like she says something no god will ever defeat or no no nothing a god will ever destroy or anything like that. She says something no hero will ever defeat. Um that's that's um that's pretty important there. I I really do like that. I like that I like that uh, she says it's like a no hero, be, meaning like no hero can ever just like make everyone uh, bring about peace amongst them. Like they can't just rip out the darkness that's in people. Yeah. Because like that stops it from being, uh, it stops it from going into like the injustice territory, right? It stops uh, stops the regime from happening and stuff like that. And um, let me see if I can get the rest of this quote here. Hold on. So here, uh, here at the, the end of her quote, she says, because now I know that only love can truly change the world. Now she's talking about love now. We talked about the power of choice, but now we're talking about love because that more goes into um, basically one of the major themes of Wonder Woman being um, a superhero that fights with, the, with, with love, right? She says, only love can truly change the world. So I stay and I fight and I give. Um, because I, she believes the world can be. And what she means by that, she believes the world can be changed um, with love. But she says, so I stay and I fight and I give. And obviously we know stay is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's referencing back to Dawn of Justice. With uh, she walked away from it, but now she's come back. And she, she, just like Batman, she has like a restored faith in humanity to change it. And she thinks about um, what happened in World War One, and she was reminded by that. Um, to stay and fight, I don't necessarily believe that's a, a physical thing, unless you do, maybe. But I, no, I, it's just the 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 act of. Yeah, I think that's like a perseverance thing. I think a mm-hmm. lot of times people might be confused and thinking like, "Oh, she's gonna stay and fight." It's not always a physical thing. It can be that the preser- the perseverance. You know, you wake up every day to do it. And that tenacity is the fighting. Um, and also the giving, I feel like, could be a little bit more, uh, it's like in the realm of compassion, like being a little bit more um, forgiving Just to all people. of it. I mean, yeah. it's, it goes along with like being, it goes along with the whole uh, umbrella <clears throat> umbrella of love. Umbrella yeah. of, of Love, great to... Is that a song? Work. I don't know. Probably could be. You want to find out? N- no. <laughs> I'm going to type it in, see what we get. No, um, but like giving is... Uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, it could be... I mean, I, I kind of attribute to just like giving hope, just giving a good uh, idea, a good symbol, being being that person that people can look up to, um, helping out in any way that you can... All mm-hmm. that, all of the above. Yeah. But what is something that no hero can uh, can change? It's just no one, they can, they can't. Or no, no hero can defeat. Just no the he- idea of choice? They can't, um, they can't, uh, they can't take away the, the, the darkness or the light in someone, right? They can't, um. It's like, uh, what were we talking about with Ludendorff? We're talking about it with Ludendorff. We're talking about it with Lex Luthor. These two characters, these are human characters, and also Dr. Maru, let's not forget her. These human villains that we have um, are brought about with the opposite of love. 
how those three characters were raised, if they had been raised with love, they would not be who they are. But they weren't. So we get these people who believe in forever wars, uh, this 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 uh, desire for entropy, and like this burning hatred that they have, their like their vengefulness, their spitefulness. Like these three characters are all brought up in 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 environments with zero compassion and like no love at all in their in their spine. So when it when it comes down to it, these characters are alone and there's no one they can there's no one to support them. They have no friends. So they they can't be changed and no superhero can change them. Doing time, not even sparing their lives. There's nothing Superman could do to Lex Luthor to change him from who he is. There's nothing that Wonder Woman can do for Dr. Maru, and there's nothing she can do for Ludendorff, of course. There's nothing that can be done to these characters now. It should have been done from the beginning because their fundamentals are the antithesis of what those characters fight for, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah. By the way, Umbrella of Love is a chapter arc in uh, some manga called uh, Ranma, so maybe some oh some Ranma one half I know that <laughs> yeah Ranma one half <laughs> no joke <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, umbrella the um, the umbrella of love I'm That's glad you funny. caught that Published yeah all my 19- Ranma one half heads uh, <laughs> shout out <laughs> there was 1994. one customer that came into the store to buy that and on like the the day that book came in like he knew he knew man. Wow, that and it wasn't like a weekly thing. It was like it it got it had to get published and stuff like that. It was, I mean, obviously it had to get published, but it wasn't a weekly book. No, funny. No, funny that you said that. Anyway, this was published in 1994, and I guess it got transliterated into English at at that point. Anyways, no, it looks it looks great. I actually kind of want to read it now. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Sharing an umbrella as a couple in Japan is considered a romantic expression, and teens often draw an umbrella with their name and the name of their crush the way one would in a heart. This chapter takes the expression literally via magical umbrella. It sounds so cute, so romantic. Man, I love 90s manga. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm going to have to look at that. I'm going to keep that tab open. Um... But yeah, let's uh let's swing over to uh the ending of of this movie where once she says that and she types on her little uh uh MacBook Pro, I'm guessing. That looks like a No, that looks like a iPad with one of those uh rubber keyboard things. I don't know how any of that works. But uh yeah, so she types to Bruce Wayne. She's got Bruce Wayne on on the email chain there. She says uh her subject is just photograph. Uh, thank you for bringing him back to me. That's very sweet. Um, but here's my question now: what is what is happening here at the end of this movie? Um, yeah, what is going on here? So she's typing on, she's typing on iPad, uh, she's typing on Samsung, she's typing on tablet, typing on the uh, tablet, typing on the tablet, doop 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 doop, play the SpongeBob uh, thing. I'm pretty sure it's a the, Muppets um, thing. What's the Muppets thing? Never mind. Just go. I'm not okay. doing. I'm not. I already sang once That's on fine. this episode. That's okay. The um, you made a mention about the uh, the subject line. That's um, photograph. It's kind of funny because it like clearly that looks like that is a that's a that's a Gmail that clearly looks like a Gmail, uh, Gmail esque. No man, they got the the Lex OS. Remember? I know they got Lex OS. Everyone had to use Lex OS. I know they got Lex OS, but. Really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah, but this is the same, like same typeface, same symbol. Are you are you losing? Are you using Google Chrome? No, I'm using Lex OS. No, I got that Lex OS. So, oh, I didn't know anybody uses Linux. No, I'm sorry, <clears throat> not Lex OS. Have you heard of it? I wonder if cool kids would just be saying Alexis, Alexos. No, I'm using um, Lexos because it'd be better no, just to say Lexos. Lexos instead of saying Lex OS. But then yeah. again, do we we say uh, I'm on? I got that Mac OS update. 
Um, is we, that a thing? Okay, Did we the say new that? Windows update. I'll say the new Windows OS update, the new operating system update. We say Mac OS. But then again, you're just saying what the update is. Oh, did you upgrade to Big Sur? No, I'm still yeah. on Catalina. I'm on uh, Cougar. You know when they were just oh. big cat names? Remember that? Yeah. Remember when just uh, who did the ice cream? It was Android, right? Uh, you asking the wrong guy. I think that was Android. Yeah, they did ice cream. Like different, like pistachio or... Um, we talking like gelato? I'm, I'm no, I think it was like ice cream sandwich. Uh, there was like bomb pops, uh, SpongeBob melted eyeball, gumball pop. I feel like it was frozen just, horchata as an OS. I honestly update. can't think of one in particular, but I want to say it was like ice cream, ice cream sundae. Oh, okay. Like banana split. Banana split. Did you upgrade to the new banana split? Nah, That's I'm great. still on. Uh, Rum Tres Leche. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But anyways. Um, any, yeah. So, whatever. Uh, big I've boom. i email. She's typing on the email, hearing a big boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a moment, I forgot she was in Paris. Yeah, so my question is, in the opening of Justice League, she's still in Paris, right? That that bank nope. heist or whatever, that's in a, that's Paris, yeah? Uh-uh. No? Nope. She is in London at the Old Bailey Courthouse. Dang. <laughs> but doesn't this scene look, and I don't mean to be like uh, geographically declined. I, I am because I am assuming but it looks more like London than it does Paris. Um, I've never seen Paris. That's what I'm saying. But I have seen a lot of... Uh, yeah, maybe it's just because like the river and the bridge is there and stuff like that yeah. within the city. And maybe that's like really just like the most we've been exposed to with just uh, a canal system. Um. Because like when you when you think about like Venice canals or whatever, you get the buildings on the water and you get the gondolas. Uh, good establishing shot of a of a uh, Eiffel in the background or something. Mm-hmm. Eiffel sixty five that is. Um, but this is Paris. Uh, a big boom happening in Paris. Uh, I was trying to see if there was like like a smokestack or something like an, like yeah. a, like remnants of an explosion. Um, but also, she's kind of looking out as if she's, uh, you know, trying to trying to figure out where that noise would have been coming from. Are there any noises coming out as she's looking over the city? Sirens or anything Spider Man esque? No, there's um, it's really weird because it it looks normal. It it looks very normal, like nothing is amiss. There's no mention of what she could be doing. Like, I don't know if they just was like, oh, she, you know, she's just hearing normal crime happen. Or is there mm-hmm. something more supernatural, like a parademon? And if it's not London, then it's not what happens at the beginning of Justice League, which would have been cool as a tie. It would have just picked up right there. Yeah. If it, if it was just like, oh, you know, she's now going to go do that thing that happens in Justice League. That's not the case. Um, this is apparently still Paris. Uh, I'm gonna type it in here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see if anything comes up. Probably nothing. Um, nope. Um, I ty- I, ty- I tried typing in like what happened. Oh no, I can't be. Oh no, I can't be typing stuff like that anymore. Oh, can't do it. <laughs> this no. close to the to the second movie. I can't. Yeah, because it was like. Wonder Woman 1984 ending explained. Excuse me. No. Who saw that? Who's yeah, people writing their articles ahead of time, apparently. Giving you access to their Dropbox files or something. Yeah. Um, now I just lost my train of thought because I'm thinking that was too soon. Um, but yeah, I tried typing in what happened at the end of <laughs> Wonder Woman. Like, what's going on there? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it says... Uh, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, you know what I'm curious she, of? She sends a thankful email. Diana then dons her Wonder Woman armor after hearing a disturbance in the distance of Paris by sailing off the roof of the museum at sunset in Paris to confront it. 
No idea. Anyway, um, I was going to say I enjoy seeing um, a. I'm enjoying seeing the difference in like her uh, flight form versus Superman's. You know, because mm-hmm. um, you know Superman arms extended, just flat as a board, stiff as a whatever feather uh and like hers is like uh more so of like she's continuing that giant bound um mm-hmm. which i guess that would have been you know i I do understand the confusion and people would say and like does she fly or whatever but yeah yeah i think I'm, i've already gotten to the point of like whoever's writing it dictates it and you just kind of assume that that all the powers are uh, in the in the repertoire unless stated otherwise you know um unless there was a scene with one woman saying like i can't fly i can't control this i can only jump then i'd be like okay clearly she can't fly but uh no this is 100 percent flying yeah absolutely and the more i think about it the more i just think that you know they've established that she flies so many times ever since her first introduction in dawn of justice with the battle of doomsday like she had to be flying to have dropped in like that. And I think what it is is that trying to make a character look like they're flying is just not cool in a weird way to say it. I feel like I understand what you're saying. And I feel like with Wonder Woman and her outfit, they can't do those same shots that they do with Superman because yeah. it'd be like upskirt territory and with dudes who can't control themselves are just going to be like, well, we, we're not, we can't do it. We're just not going to do that for you guys. Um, <laughs> so it's like, they can't really show her flying. So they just got to like do her bounds and do her, her, her landing. And that's it. Like we can't, we can't be staying up in the air. They can't be fighting. Um, they can do the T posing apparently, but that's even that's questionable. Like, okay, you just hovering. Um, and I, and I like seeing a grounded Wonder Woman. I like seeing her on the ground and getting her hands dirty and being a real gladiator. I think it's very cool. Um, so I kind of wish they explained this. I hope they. I hope one day they they. Uh, they t- I don't think it needs explained. To be honest with you, it's just uh whatever. She's just gonna go do Wonder Woman stuff. She, there's there's a disturbance and she's just gonna go confront it. End of story. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's cool with me. I don't like. I would not like if this backed up immediately to Justice League. I'm not into that. Really? Yeah, it's um it just doesn't fit in my opinion. It it honestly it doesn't fit. Now, of course I'm going to do this because we always do this Thor Ragnarok into uh Infinity War or whatever. That's that's great. I enjoyed that a lot. Um like even like the pacing of that felt <laughs> It felt good because it kind of it, it still felt like Jonathan Hickman esque in the way where like the multiple stories are happening within the Infinity War and within mm-hmm. Avengers and stuff like that. If if you were to sh- tell me that you know Wonder Woman was going to go off and and confront the the bomb thing in Justice League, then that kind of throws a wrench into my entire just just timeline and just like i'd have to question like really you wanted all of these events to happen like back to back to back to back to back um you know the significance of bruce finding the the photograph and and what that means and and for that to weigh in on diana enough um to solidify the fact that she does want to come back to the world of man there needs to be some time it can't just be like hey we just watched the you know that that kryptonian die uh, a couple days went by. I did some digging. Here's your, here's your picture. Um, oh snap! By the way, aliens, or oh snap! By the way, the burning arrow. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I hear you. I think. Um... But, but. Mm-hmm. Now, nah, see, like, <laughs> see when I just said. <laughs> When I just said this, like, here's your photograph. We, you know, we just watched the Kryptonian die. Here's your photograph. I did some digging around. And then, oh, snap, the burning arrow. That makes more sense because the the death of the Kryptonian seems like a, you know, that bell was rung. And that seems like a more quick process, you know? I'm curious of the time it took for the death of Superman until 
the mother boxes all started reacting. Yeah. And also, now this is, I can't remember, mother boxes all reacting at the same time. Was the arrival of... Mm, I don't think I can ask these questions now. I can't. I can't. I know I cannot ask these questions now because I don't want them answered just yet. I'll ask them later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we got to hold There's off a, right? the, yeah. <laughs> for the next movie. The, 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 the things that get set in motion within that Justice League and within all the characters' stories combining and stuff, there needs to be some room. Um, and I don't like the idea that it would have that it could or people thinking uh, that they back up. You know? Yeah, they bleed right into each other. And yeah. and with and with Thor Ragnarok, it's like that infinity war thing that crossover little bit happens as a post-credit scene so it doesn't actually hinder the actual movie thor ragnarok like it ends that way with them on what is it called like new asgard is like what the ship is called basically yeah and then like the after credits is like okay now it's going to bleed into infinity war it's separated so even if you don't stay for the credits that has no influence on whether you know with the rest of the movie, good or bad. And, um, you know, with this being the end of the movie, it shouldn't matter what happens next. It's just her being heroic at the end, kind of like Aquaman at the end of his movie, rising out of the water, that perfect shot. Um, it's the same exact thing. And um, they, th- there is an after credit scene, but I think we should talk about it tomorrow just to kind of like um, have something to talk about tomorrow. Um, so we'll save that. And then, and then let's bring up that conversation again of, of whether it should have stayed in or not. Um, but let's talk about these stylized credits here, Nate. What are you, uh, how are you feeling about these? Um, I like that they are, uh, well, which ones? Are we talking about the, uh, the orange, the orange ones or like the, uh, the ones after that? All of them, I guess. I'm, really. I'm talking about the whole, the whole shebang. The, it's the whole a, shebang. The whole so stylized really, thing. It's only what? Um, it's like a minute and a half, exactly. Yeah. When it gets, there's a couple of the pictures that are like, um, they look like concept Two and art, a half of like the mascara and stuff. Those ones I like. I like the watercolor pictures and like the the animation that they put to them. Um, it's kind of cool seeing, uh, I don't know about cool, but like seeing just like a a, a wrap up of what you saw, just like different images of it. Um, it's just nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? How come? Why? What? Uh, what's up with the arrows and the planes and the whole like uh, opening of a James Bond movie style with them like coming out of the smoke and the arrows falling down and stuff like that? Is well, that just like a? a, a Amazon's fighting man when they got to Themyscira, or yeah, it's the um, that's the the, symbol. the crashing of the two cultures, right? You have Themyscira, and then they're discovering man's technological advancement, right? So those things are crashing into each other. There's, there's a confrontation there. There's a war, you know. There's those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really believe I get, that. I, I really like the idea of of the arrow being the uh, the next step in whatever bronze bronze age um or whatever uh and then jumping ahead 100 years the airplane is that next step mm-hmm. that's cool like yeah. just like the, the the apexes of of warfare at its time at their respected times i get that okay yeah i really that's like, wonderful i like the lasso work here i like that uh like spinning metal looking lasso the steel wool esque burning yeah. type thing, yeah. yeah, the sparks, the spark thing. I know people like taking um, photographs and stuff like that, like the long exposure type shots. Mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, I think it's really good. This is this song here. This arrangement here is called "Action Reaction" by uh, Rupert Gregson Williams. This song, probably one of the best songs on this entire soundtrack, and this is what I'm talking about when I talk about just how good of mu- the music is in this movie and what a great job they did with it. Um, and yes, this person also went to go do the work for Aquaman, but this stuff here is some of the best stuff here. This is the action reaction. This is easily one of the best songs on the album. Uh, I cannot hype it up any more than that. 
definitely got to check it out. Or if maybe you have been listening to this song, but it's this song slaps. This is a this ba- is, this is this a banger. Is the, this is what our the show ends on, Mark. Yeah, I probably would. I probably picked that on purpose. What do you, mean, <laughs> you don't remember that? <laughs> no, no, I do. I just. Uh, That's so funny. I picked it for That's a reason. So funny. I picked um, it because it yeah. slaps. This is a great song. It's a great song. Um, I do. I I really do like these credits more so than Suicide Squad, and I guess that was the the movie that we really just had to. Oh, well, it was our first one. Our first stylized credits. Yeah, I guess so. The stylized credits in Aquaman, very good. I really, I really, really, really like that. Um, it is really good. It's like these renderings of the characters, almost like they were like, well, we have these rendered CGI characters, and they're like, just put them in the credits. But somehow it's it's amazing. I love watching it. The song is good too. It's a studio song, you know, that's included at the soundtrack or whatever. We'll get to it. We're gonna talk about one that's in this movie as well. But mm-hmm. um, I do love the Aquaman credits, and I remember when you and I saw it. You, me, and Gabe, we saw it in IMAX. That those stylized credits, they're they're a banger. I really do like them. I like stylized credits in movies. I think, um, I think it's a nice bit of work that they do for it, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a nice way to like. Um, it's like uh, we don't do overtures in movies anymore, but they will do these, and I'm cool with it. You know who also does it? Uh, um, Godzilla, King of the Monsters did one, and I and I really enjoyed that one. But uh, they also did one in a in Kong Skull Island, didn't they? I remember. I feel like I remember seeing concept art of the Skull Skull Walkers and stuff. Mm-hmm. They, oh, I, w- hmm. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just thinking of the concept art of the Skullwalkers. They had footage of John C. Riley's character going back to America and reuniting with his family. Like yeah. old footage. That was a heartbreaker. That was real tearjerker the ending of that movie is. Yeah, that was wild. Mm-hmm. Um trying to think what else. Pacific Rim had one. Had like this like little antiverse thing going on. Mm-hmm. What a great movie. That movie is a milestone. I got to stop talking about it. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Are there any other superhero ones? Uh, Shazam had the uh, the notebook drawings. I kind of like oh that. Oh, my God. You are so right. The Shazam one is awesome. Shazam had really good credits. The Shazam one is really good. And I think... I know a lot of people dog on that movie because they just don't get it or don't get what it's supposed to be because it's just a 180 from the tone of Dawn of Justice that it turns them off. And I could not disagree with them anymore about how good some of that stuff is. And and that ending credit with like with like a kid drawing the Justice League being that kind of goofy is exactly the energy that it needed to be. Like, <laughs> like it's weird that people would get offended to something like that. Like, it's such a, such a weird stylized ending credit. Like, that, that is exactly what it needed to be. It's perfect. I think it's great. I'm so glad you brought that one up. I don't think there was one... I don't think there was one in Justice League. I don't even know. Um, how does that movie even end? I... Uh, <laughs> Oh, it doesn't end with like a, there was a race. Remember, there's a race. They did a race at one point. Um, I think my. Do you want to talk about any of these names or anything in the credits in this episode or in tomorrow's? Um, because there's some of the Amazon stuff in here. Oh, like you want to do name drops? I see. I don't know if you, I want to do name drops necessarily, but uh, there's some that I am just unfamiliar with. Um. There's a couple senators that are named, um, and they they look like they were the um. I don't I. Maybe they were uh yeah they had to, they're both yeah they had to have been in the throne room when Steve was getting questioned. Oh yeah, and I think yeah, we yeah. were talking about like the chairs that were there and and who what what you know that place would be held for and and all this stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there were like other costumes people there that looked more, uh, I guess, more bureaucratic than warrior esque. Yes, exactly. Uh, and, and more so than Hippolyta, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, there's a. There's there's some Amazon townsfolk. I like that they use that word. I'm trying to remember exactly who was part of the council because some of the names... Senator um, Tamandra and Senator Acanthra. That's a cool name. Acantha. Senator Acantha. That is a very cool name. Epioni, I remember us talking about that one. Uh, Nemo- Nemosi. Nemosine. Vanilia, I remember us talking about that one. Menelipe is apparently the other sister that no one's talking about. Um, and uh, I, uh, I would like to see some of these characters return. I'm pretty sure Menelipe would, would return in the, in the sequel. We'll have to see. Senator Acantha, that's a badass name. <laughs> Niobe, I love that name. Yeah. Maybe because I played Destiny too much, but Trigana, that I seems like that an too. Easter egg. Now, how do you pronounce this one? Is this Penthesilia? Euboa, Samantha Joe. I think her name is Samantha Wynn now. I think she got married. But that's uh, that was Carvex in uh, Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's in Army of the Dead, like as a regular cast member. So congratulations yeah, to her. I'm pretty sure. Have you seen her? Yeah. So they they put a picture out of literally dating dating it right now. Here, I'll send it to you right now. So have your phone. Keep your phone on you right now. Get it out. Mark, open it. I'm looking at the tweet. The tweet is look loading. at her pants. Look at her pants. Pulling up the photos, a Zack Snyder tweet. Look at the pants. I'm looking at the pants. She's got the... Wait, that's not her. Oh. Wait. Well, look at those pants anyway. Wait, what am I looking at here? Are these what I think they are? No. Uh, close, but... <laughs> Wait, is that her? <laughs> that's what I thought. Wait, is that her? Yes, that's Carvex. Right? Is it? That's an. I know who that is. I was looking at her pants. She got the beetle boots too. I'm unfamiliar with this cast now. This is a different cast. Who is this? Oh, this is the prequel, Nate. This is the casting for the prequel. Oh. Oh my God, this is different. You, you stumbled on some other news. I stumbled on that's some a, other news. That's a wrap on the Army of the Dead, the prequel. They he done filmed a whole other movie, Nate. Oh boy, he's behind he, the ball. But she got like these anime pants on, and I say anime, not the other word. <laughs> but she got them. She got them explicit manga pants on. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow, look at that. This man's got Zack Snyder's Justice League, Army of the Dead, Army of the Dead, the anime, Army of the Dead, the prequel, uh, Batman v Superman being restored in IMAX. That's a lot of stuff this guy's doing. Anyways, good on him. Good on our DC directors. Um... Yeah, uh, um, going back to yeah, what? No, that's it. That's all I have for this one. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I had. Um, just uh, we're get, just getting down into the uh, the crawling credits. Um, a couple names that we uh we saw. We've been we dropped a lot of these names off when we were when we were calling them out and seeing them uh, to begin with, especially uh, the Amazons and everything like that. So it's just fun to to just go back and and see the names. But there's some of these names that I didn't even know and. Now I just want to Google the Google the picture. I wonder who what El, who, I wonder what Elena Anaya is doing. The the person who played Doctor Maru. I wonder if she did anything else since. Um, 
Nothing that. Oh wait, is this a Joan Jet TV series? It says Jet, like J E T T. Carla Gugino. No Daisy Jet Kowalski. Huh. I should I should check this show out. It looks pretty good. It's got Carla Gugino, and Elena Anaya. Huh. There's um. There's like- someone with this name. Uh, of the Amazon town folk. Mm-hmm. I think there's six O's. It's Uta, a depot. <clears throat> That's five O's T-A. It's five O's T-A? Yeah. That's what a name. Yeah, right? That's a really cool name. It's just like when you got when you got names like this, like you really, you gotta put them on something. She's an entrepreneur. She's like super smart, Ivy League and Cambridge University graduate. She's committed to addressing global and business uh, issues and challenges. Um, this is her only credit in filmography. So this person is like this is like a cameo. This is, is someone that knew someone and said, hey, can I be on your, you want to be in this movie? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. This is like a a real public figure. Let me see here. Yeah. Really cool. What a crazy name. I like that. Um... I'm trying to look at some other things here. Um, just, I know we talked a lot about the uh, um, the Amazons. I, I sometimes in my brain, like I'm going in between Amazon and the Mascarians, and like trying to think, like my brain's like trying to settle down on what to what to call them. Um, um I think we had this discussion. We did beginning of this movie, and. I mean, it's right here in front of our face now. They're the tight. The credit is Amazon. Amazon Townsfolk. Amazon. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really cool people. I really, I, I think it's um, one of the like things I, I fixated on the most when watching the movie. It's just like how how cool and world building. Like they were like every Amazon has like a name. It's very Star Wars like. I'm about that. And, yeah. um, yeah, I want to see more stuff like that. Um, but, uh, I think that's it for me on this one. And we'll, we'll tomorrow let's talk tomorrow. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about Sia and then let's talk about the Lucy Davis, uh, post credit scene. Cause I know we didn't mention her yet in today's episode, but you know, we got, we got to watch this, uh, she'll this get after- her own episode. Yeah. We got to talk about this after credits thing. So let's wrap it up for today. Um, if you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute in the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. And we also do a show called Doom Patrol about the TV show Doom Patrol. In each episode, we talk about an episode of Doom Patrol, and we have a great time making the episode, talking about the episode, uh, living the dream with the episode, and then uh, publishing it at like four in the morning for you guys to listen to. So definitely go check that out. Tell us what you think. And this is where normally I would also talk about the show Stellar Dynamics. But Nathan, you do such a great job doing it. So why don't you go ahead and tell the folks about (laughs) Stellar Dynamics. Stellar Dynamics, a weekly radio program hosted by myself, Mark, and our buddy Mike, uh, where we discuss music. We listen to some music and we talk about the goings and comings of the world. Uh, Stellar Dynamics, now available wherever you get your podcasts. Cool. All right. Definitely check those things out and we'll check you guys out tomorrow here on a Wonder Woman Minute.